0: Hi, it's Justin News from LA Football Club. I'm a football player and you're currently listening to Level Playing
1: Field. Happy Tuesday and welcome to an all new episode of Level Playing Field. Level playing Field is my podcast. My name is Randy Boos, where I interview people who are involved in SportsCenter LGBTQ. This week is my first week where I have a co-host. My co-host this week is Elise Gallagher. She plays Aussie World's football here in the United States in the San Francisco Bay Area um, Golden Gate AFL League. She is joining me to talk with Justine Mules. Justine plays for the Adelaide Crows in the AFLW. The season starts this coming Saturday. And we talked to her about her experience playing footy, her experience with the Crows, and being out lesbian in the sport of Aussie Rolls football. Aussie Rolls football, for me, is interesting because it's one of the things that helped confirm my own sexuality. Um, I found the sport back when I was a teenager on, um, you know, our local cable. And... Seeing the men with their muscular arms and their sleeveless shirts um, just helped confirm who I was as a person. Um, So, yeah, it's cool to talk to Justine about the sport. I want to (coughs) thank the Rainbow Crows. They are the LGBTQ supporter group for the Crows. They supplied some questions, and I've been talking to them and getting their opinion on some things. I also want to thank Anthony Phillips, Anthony is one of the co-hosts for the Two Crows podcast. It's a podcast devoted to Adelaide Crows and Footy. And I don't know how it happened, but I found him and his podcast on Twitter, and I just started listening. Like I said, I I started liking Footy years and years ago. But it wasn't until just recently where I finally finally found a team that I thought that – It really is growing my support and love for the sport. So anyways, without further ado, here is Elise Gallagher and Justine Mules talking Aussie rules football. Thank you both for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having
0: us. Very, very excited.
1: Before we really get into the conversation about footy and um, sexuality in sports, I wanted to have you guys both introduce yourselves and maybe how you got involved in footy. Um, So maybe have Elise start. Okay. Hi, uh, my name
2: is Elise Gallagher, and I currently play for the San Francisco Iron Maidens. I. uh, Started back in 2016. Um, I moved to San Francisco from the East Coast, from Philadelphia, and honestly, just didn't. I've never heard of Buddy. I never saw it. Nothing, um, but wanted to meet people. So was introduced to it by my sister who lives in New York, and she was telling me that I should join. So I did, and. We didn't even pick up a footy and they invited me camping and I thought this is the coolest group ever. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I didn't even play footy for a few weeks before the team like kind of hooked me in to stick around. And then now it's, what, three, four years later. And this year I will be traveling to Australia to play for the U.S. team in the International Cup in from July twenty fifth to August eighth, so I definitely got hooked. I love the sport, <laughs> and also met my partner. My partner's on the team, so it's been it's been a lot of fun.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Thanks.
1: And what about you, Justine? Tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: All right. So I am. Um, I started playing football, um just as a social aspect, really, because one of my best mates she started playing, and I really saw her. So. She invited me out to um, her local club, Um, and then from there, I just played in Division 2. I didn't really take it seriously at all, and then I thought, wow, this is incredible, what a sport, because back in those days, females weren't, you know, it wasn't a very traditional um, sport for us, so everyone just completely disregarded it. Um, So that was probably back in maybe 2014 now, and then... I played maybe one or two seasons, from that I dropped it because, you know, sport was just taking over my life and I really needed to knuckle down and study and get a full-time job, so I had about a year off, and then from there I was um, back at the club, which was at like Morford Bill. and then I was luckily enough to be chosen to um, to represent in the state side, and then from that got asked to do the um, Adelaide Crows um, training day. And then from there, it just all escalated. And now we're currently in our fourth um, AFLW season, so it's been pretty
1: spectacular. What was it like for you the first time you made the jump to the AFLW?
0: Um, in AFLW or, like, the local league?
1: Actually, I guess let's start with the local league. Level I mean,
0: league. Um, Yeah, so for me, it was literally just to catch up with my best friend. That was it. I didn't um, – because when I first started playing, there was no rumours about, you know – having an an AFL team, um, you know, getting that started or anything. So it was literally, you just go there for fun, and every every weekend you just go out to town and get, you know, have a few drinks, and that was was a lifestyle. Um, So, yeah, very, very social.
1: And then when did it, how long did it take you before you realized that there was something for you that you can actually progress and maybe make a little bit of money off of it?
0: I think maybe after after I had that first year off, um, and then I came back, and then there was rumors about you know the um, LA Football Club having a female team, but still at that same time, even though when I went out to, to trials and stuff, there was never um, a money factor involved. So for me, it was literally like just kind of play AFL at the highest level possible. Like when I first yeah when I first got up to training, no one mentioned money, nothing like that. So. Yeah, it was just, just having the, the ability to play
2: at the highest level and to represent a state, really. And it's not um, a full time job, is that correct? Like you still need yeah. to do stuff off season? That,
0: or even great. do you have to
2: do okay.
0: So I um I work full time. Um I work for a, um one of our councils, like at council, and I'm a uh, leading hand in civil construction so I'm on the tools every day so my job is very very physical Um, (laughs) and that's that's in the heat as well so so I think like maybe a few weeks ago we had that massive heat wave and then straight after work I do I do 63 and then say we've got training at five and then I was halfway through training I was just so dehydrated so fatigued I had to pull myself out just because my yeah my everyday work. So um, we are, yeah, part-time, part-time athletes Uh, at the moment.
1: Yeah, and going with the the whole working thing and the physical job, that must just, like, tear up your body.
0: Yeah, I think because it's my fourth season now, I've kind of adapted and I've got a a good routine, so that may be... Coming home, having a, a quick sleep on the couch, and then waking up, having a shower, have a coffee, and off to training we go. But yeah, the, the first season was really, really tough. But um, now it's just reality. You know, it is what it is. Just gotta gotta get it done.
2: And do you do you still have a full time job during the season, or do you take that? Do you focus only on the season during it?
0: No, I'm still full-time just because I've got a house and all that, so I can't really afford to um, just be mm-hmm. able to take time off work and stuff. So, um, yeah, still full-time, unfortunately. But luckily for us, you know, that they've scheduled our playing games and travel on weekends, so luckily I'm just Monday to Friday, so that doesn't really impact me too much.
2: Is that how most of the players are? They have full-time jobs and then...
0: Yeah, um, majority uh, do. There's one of our um, players, Courtney, she's actually taking uh, time off work without pay to really focus on being, um, you know, an athlete, which is awesome for her, you know. So um, at the moment, she's only working two weeks at the football club um, and full-time, yeah, full-time training, which is amazing. Wow. Yeah, so really, yeah, kudos to her. What about your football? Is it still... Um, like are you still having to work and stuff
2: like that or oh yeah absolutely like we we pay to play we don't even (laughs) say we yeah we we have to we don't even have there isn't even an oval in the United States it's like we play on soccer fields and any type of green space we can get and um
0: are the numbers really increasing over there
2: yeah, so we have an, a national tournament every October. Um, and that can get up to, like, 2,000 people, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. Men and women. So yeah. it's
2: not 2,000, but, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's definitely growing. Um, and even the women's teams, like, this year we had eight. Um, full teams um, play in our final tournament at the end of the year.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
2: yes, it's getting bigger, but definitely an under-supported sport here. Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, that's you know that's like our uh, women's league over here. You know, even though the men have been playing the sport for a hundred years, we've only been professionally playing for the last four. So we're you know we're still mm-hmm. slowly, slowly getting there. Yeah. But, no, it'd be, it'd be really exciting for when you guys come over to Australia. That'd be amazing.
2: Yeah, we're super excited. And, I mean, it's the highest level that we can play at um, yeah. At the, in the States. So, coming out and competing for the U.S. will be incredible. Um,
0: yeah. I, um, yeah, I'll have to figure out um, like the dates and the locations because I'd love to watch.
2: So it's in um, the Sunshine Coast. It oh. used to be in Melbourne for every other time, but this year is changed. Um, and yeah, it's from July twenty
0: fifth to August eighth. Yeah, yeah. Cool. That'd be amazing.
1: Speaking of just the the growth in the women's game, this past year, the off season, you guys had a new contract for the Players Association, right? Yes. And with yep. that. There was an increase in, in money made, but still way below the men, obviously.
0: Yeah, so I think, I'm not too sure on the whole, uh, the, like, the correct stats and all that, but I think with the, um, the amount that we're playing, um, it's pretty, it should be very, very similar to what the men's are, you know, in their overall, say, like, three-year contracts or even yearly contracts. So I think it's, like, a very, very similar ratio as such, but um, I think, and... I think we're still really, really privileged as well just to have the opportunity to be able to um, get paid to play, you know. It's, for me, it, it used to just be a hobby. And, you know, I think we're just still very, very privileged and, and proud to be able to have the opportunity. So some sometimes money, isn't a main factor for us? Well, obviously, the, um, the money we do get, it does help, you know, in everyday life. So we'll take it. I'll take it anyways.
1: Do you see the coverage growing, though? within the media for the women's game?
0: Yeah, it's, it's slowly, you know, slowly increasing. Um, even, like, where most of our games are um, are live-streamed as well, like on, say, like Channel 7 um, and stuff like that. But slowly, it's slowly, yeah, it's slowly going to be improving, hopefully. Um, but, yeah, I think every every year it does increase.
1: Yeah, because I was reading about it too, and they even talked about how some of the men's referees are going to start working the women's matches. So there yeah. is some. Yeah, we some
0: should
1: more definitely
0: be getting um yeah the same type of you know umpires and that from an AFL to an AFLW perspective.
1: I want to um change topics a little bit and talk about sexuality in sports. Obviously, men men just don't usually come out in the sports. You have Andy Brennan who came out in soccer. In Australia,
0: yeah, that was recent, yeah.
1: But yes. you really don't have that. But the women's side usually you find more acceptance. And I've actually talked to people before who have talked about how there's a an a, a closeness in the women's game where you can talk about feelings, you can talk about emotions, so it's easier to come out. Mhm. Yep. Tell me about the process for you, because I know for the crows, there's there's a few women who have come out publicly. How's the yes. acceptance for you guys in, as individuals, um, for the team, for the media, the fans, has it been pretty positive?
0: Um, well, I think from my per, my experience, you know, I've always had ever, I was with my partner before I started playing for, for the Crows. So, you know, um, ever since I started playing, everyone knew about my partner in the VR. Um, and I've never had, you know, anything negative from a sporting perspective from, like, the club or anything like that. But I guess it's like the little comments you may read on, say, like your social media or on, on articles, and now I try not to read those because it can really dampen your mood. Um, but I'd say majority are really, really accepting, and I think it's just society nowadays. You know, people people really don't care whoever whoever you're with. So I think that's that's awesome. That's excellent. And then, but yeah, all, everyone's everyone's really accepting and and positive in the club. So that's that's fantastic.
2: I guess kind of like what you were saying, but do you think that there is still, um, I mean, I guess now it would be more personal um, if people do still feel like they can't come out, essentially. But I don't know how much affiliation you have with the AFL clubs, um, the men's clubs, but if you fe- do you feel like that there is a difference between the women's acceptance versus the men's acceptance?
0: I think even how like, Because our female group, we're such a tight bunch. They're pretty much my best mates anyways. But I, to be honest, I don't have much to do with the the men's team. And I don't know if that's because if I feel like there is a divide or anything like that. So it could come down to that as well. Like we're not really, I would would say I'm not really comfortable in me going to speak to a few of the male players. Because, you know, I just don't have that relationship or that bond with them. Um, And I I don't think I ever will. But that's just because of me and... My life and how busy I am, you know, in my day to my job. Um, but yeah, yeah I probably, I probably still feel like some sort of divide. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it is a tricky question, and you know, I guess it just comes down to, a, to the individual and on how much, you know, they want to expose about their own personal life, and if they do yeah. feel comfortable, you know, saying these things to, to, you know, practically strangers. Yeah. But what's it like in America? Is everyone pretty open and, you know, accepting?
2: Yeah, for the most part. I mean, especially California is an incredibly liberal um, bubble. Um, I've lived in other places that aren't so accepting. But for me, like, I hadn't dated girls until moving here. And I, I, um, yeah, I... But, when I did start dating a woman, like it was no question. No one yeah. said anything. it was it was very easy and accepting. But I do think for our women's team, we're very accepting, but we we are pretty close with our guys' team, and they um, I don't know if they are as much like if one of the guys came out. And
0: yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. I'm really not sure. So.
2: Kind of like you were saying. I don't want to speak for them, but again, yeah. So exactly. I...
0: Yeah. Um. But I feel like because Erin Phillips, you know, she is a, an absolute legend in Australia, and like for her being so open about, you know, her relationship and like you know her kids, so well, I like idolize her and how courageous she is to be, you know, like that. That I'm I'm proud to to be able to follow in her footsteps as well. So I'm really really like thankful that I have someone like her who I can rely on to be, you know, open and really herself in touch, you know, like in the media and everyday life.
2: She's even a, a legend over here. So <laughs> <laughs> she, her. uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, she, yeah. She's come to our national tournaments and has um, done, like, Q&A sessions and has yeah. been the one to present the trophy. So everyone is, like... Uh-huh. She's the best.
0: <laughs> she is yes. I actually I adore her and she knows that. Yeah, she is fantastic. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We we have had um quite a few AFLW players that if they come to the states, they'll try to link up with the local clubs and go to training. So it's been it's super cool.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. um, wow, that's awesome. But so yeah, hopefully one day it becomes like a, a world sport. That'd be that'd be amazing as well.
1: Yeah. Well, there's clubs all over too, right? I mean, the U.S. has quite a few. There. I know there's some in England. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And oh, so yeah. there
1: is a growth for it.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I think, like, even just based on Australia, you know, we are – AFL is the Australian sport. And just the numbers for the women's side that have increased over the last four years, oh, it's, been, it's been ridiculous how much the, the female sides and, and how many, you know, little girls want to start playing football. It's really, really exciting because mm-hmm. growing up, I, you know, one of my fondest memories was kicking the footy with my dad in the backyard and I would have been like seven and I still remember that to this day. And I thought, wow, like girls can actually, you know, really practice at such a young age. So, yeah, it's exciting.
1: Have you seen more girls come to the games, more young girls?
0: Yeah. I, I think it's really, really inspirational that they now have their own AFLW, you know, um, their heroes. Because I, When I used to watch footy, you know, I would idolise like Andrew McLeod. I still do, but now they've got, you know, their own female inspirations. It? Yeah. It's just really exciting.
1: And this year you have four new teams to the league, correct?
0: Yes. Yes, we do. Yeah. we got got, uh, what is it, West Coast, State, Kilda, Gold Coast. Oh else can't think of it at the top of my head. But, yeah, two more numbers. So it's going to be very, very exciting. We don't, I don't know. I can't predict the, the season. So, yeah, very, very eager to start as of Saturday.
1: Yeah, that's exciting. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes um, because we also want to talk about your new home this year, right? The Richmond Oval.
0: Yes. Yes, that's correct. It is very very big. <laughs> 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 yes, yeah. we've um, we've trained on it a few times during pre season, and we had our um, our first trial game two weeks ago. And yeah, I was I was absolutely stuck. Yeah, it's just it's a massive oval, but it, yeah, it is beautiful.
1: How excited are you for the home opener this weekend? I mean, it. it are you able to concentrate on anything else? Oh, see.
0: Because luckily today is my day off, so I'm really, I'm really excited just to be at home and doing nothing, to be honest. But um, yeah. in the back of my mind, I'm just trying to think about, oh, you know, selection. Um, just you know, trying to get through training tomorrow and Thursday, and then also trying to figure out, you know, if I am selected, how am I going to go about getting time off work?
1: Oh, you work so on the I, weekends too?
0: Um, uh, no, just because we have to fly out on um on Friday. Oh, okay. So, so, yeah, just got to, those little things got to figure out, but yeah, just going to get through today's But yeah, it's definitely just excitement.
1: How is so what, the sorry, go ahead. I
2: was going to say, what do you mean by being selected? Does it, everybody doesn't go to every game or what, is, yeah, what do you mean by that? So,
0: so we have like a, say like a training squad of say 30 um, and then so roughly um 21 will be selected to, to travel to,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah to play the game so yeah and is that
2: chosen for every game it's is it different all year or
0: yeah um pretty much like every for every game um the coach will have like a new um a new team that he'll put out so yeah you just, okay. you just don't know based on you know how everyone's training or injuries stuff like that
1: and you guys have quite a few injuries too to start this season don't you
0: Yes, we've uh, we've been very unlucky. Uh, we've had a few ACL injuries. I know Denny had um, a little knee hit um, last week in in Fremantle, um, but uh, we yeah it's really hard this year. But um, hopefully everyone comes back from injury, and you know they're just going to get fitter and stronger. You know once all their rehab's done and stuff like that.
1: Is it harder going into the season as the defending champions? Do you think? Obviously, because everyone's going to be gunning for you guys.
0: Well, oh, I don't know. It's a bit hard to say because I think there's so many new teams. Like everyone's—it's so unpredicted. No one, no one knows. You know, every every new team's had their shuffle around because um, really, really hard. But I don't think most people don't like you know South Australia anyway. So, well, it's going to be the underdogs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> How um, this is a little bit different, but for um, talking about like the growth of the game and. Do you find that the like tryouts and the competition is getting a lot more like intense and do you feel like their your position is ever like in jeopardy in a way? Or do you feel yeah. pretty
0: Um, I feel like like this year we um we drafted I think it was eight eight young girls and just the fact that, you know, they've had they've been training since they were saying like fourteen and their skills are just where from compared to where I first started, I was I couldn't compare myself to them. So yeah, I think now that there is a real, you know, um, you know that there is a field to play AFL, that uh, you know start training from a younger, da- uh, younger age. So always, They're always under the pump. You just you don't know. <laughs> but yeah, we've got some fantastic yeah. young girls come through, so it's really exciting.
1: But then also, as the the league grows, the demand for players is growing. So I imagine there's also the the benefit, too, to know that there is a place for you. Yeah.
0: I think, you know, that, that you want where just happy that AFLW is going. And obviously, if, if we do have numbers in South Australia, who knows if we get another second team, which would be, you know, better as well for overall AFLW and for SA. So that could be another potential option.
1: So I reached out to the Rainbow Crows, the um as you know it's the lgbtq um supporter group yes um and i asked them if they had any questions for you yes so i have three questions for you we already touched on the male players um Mm -hmm. being out but one of the questions is over the last few years there's been an increase in the number of afl clubs that have a queer supporter group what does it mean to you as a player to have that support and visibility backing you up as a person
0: so with the Rainbow Crows, um, I'm really I'm actually quite close with that group because, you know, they're three steps for me, um, to do a few little things um, together. So I absolutely love them and I think it's just really exciting knowing that you know, that there is the supportive group um, for our players. So the group that is for, you know, uh, the community. It feels it, it, it makes me feel really good and proud. Plus some um, they've looked after me a few times. I've been on the um the parade with them on their float with me and my partner. And that's just always a good time that the DJ playing and you're, you're on top of the truck waving the flag. So it's been a good piece of time.
1: Yeah that in fact that's funny, because that was one of their other questions. What was that experience like for you being on their, their float? <laughs>
0: Probably one of the best days of my life, to be honest. <laughs> I, uh, I can't think highly of it, honestly. You just up on there, you're in your crow's kit, you've got the rainbow flag, and I I think Olivia loved it as well. And I actually got my mum and dad on the on the first place too, and they had a goal.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: where do you see yourself going with this? I mean, as the sport grows. Where, where do you see yourself in, like, four or five years? Still playing the game, you think? Hopefully,
0: if my body, you know, is up for it. The knees are getting a bit old, but, yeah, you know, as long as the body's fit and the, the team wants me, I'm happy to stick around.
2: Is there a lot um, of, like, people switching teams? Like, would it ever be a consideration that you had to relocate to a different team, or is – Everybody pretty much set with where they play.
0: Um, I'd, I'd say majority are, are set with where they are and, and what. But one of my closest mates who did play for us, she's now moved to St Kilda, and that was because um, a better opportunity for her, uh, for her personally. Um, but me, I, I would not be able to to, um, to relocate just because of my job and my house and uh, like my partner and our um, our dog. Here you go. so they're my life. So I'd have to definitely stay in Adelaide. Would um Would you ever come to Australia to play? Would you relocate? Okay?
2: Um, it's it's been a consideration for sure, and yes. people have recommended it a million times and I've always just been like that's crazy that's crazy but we just had um I know someone that just recently went over to try out and she's playing for the Bulldogs this year so she made it um and so she's the first American to be signed and it's it's kind of like now you look at it like it's not crazy like that is a that's a potential that could absolutely happen um but like you're saying it's like you kind of look at you have your job here and you have this yeah. and do you want to relocate and redo everything or not redo but like kind of change everything for yeah. athletics and it's so it's kind of that that decision is is tough
0: she's um she's from Ireland and you know she's this is, this will be her second season here so mm-hmm. she's relocated, and yeah, well, she loves it. And now she, she um, she works for the club as well. So they've really helped her out too. But yeah, if you know, if if you've, if you've got nothing stopping you, why not?
2: Yeah, yeah, I, that would be that would be the dream, but <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you never know.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's true. You might you might see me out there one day. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, hopefully,
0: hopefully this year when you come over. You can, um, yeah, that would be out, so cool. Yeah,
1: that'd be fun. So this week is the first game of the season. We've talked about that. The second game, though, is the home opener at the Richmond Oval, and that's yeah. where you guys are, are raising the banner, right? Yeah, we should,
0: we should. I'm assuming so. Yeah, of course.
1: Do you think that's going to bring an an extra set of jitters, nerves with that, with the celebration before the game?
0: Oh, I think you've always got, you know, nerves, a bit of anxiety before a game. But that's, that's always a good thing, I think. You know, it may, you, know, you get really excited, you know, you feel that's how you know that, you know, you're passionate to play oh. and you just want to get out there. Oh. I think it's only, it's only normal, you know, for the jitters.
2: I guess, do you think um, the aspect of being... Like paid and have it being professional has changed it in the sense of enjoyment at all. Like, do you feel the pressure of like needing to perform because it's a job in a sense, or do you still feel like it's still fun?
0: I I'm still enjoying it because um because my I kind of go there as a break from my current job. So when out when I'm out in the field training, all I really focus on on is footy, and I do enjoy that. <laughs> But um, I feel like, you know, you are, there is a reminder in the back of your mind saying that, you know, you are getting paid to play. So, you, you know, you've got to make sure that you're doing everything correctly. You know, your you rehab, all that, your recovery, you're eating correctly. So there is a little bit of pressure because, you know, you are getting paid to do it. It is a, a little bit of a job. So there's always that factor. But I, I still love playing footy. So, yeah, I'll get the feel out of it.
1: I have just one final question to ask all the guests. And this is for both of you guys. Um, Since it's an LGBT podcast, I'd like to ask what's one thing, if you can go back in time and tell your own, you know, 12 or 13-year-old self something to help you accept who you are early on, what would that one thing be?
0: Oh, mine would probably just be that it gets better. (laughs)
1: Over
0: over time, it gets better. (laughs) It's not the end just yet.
2: Yeah, kind of similar that it's like not everything also will go exactly how you how you plan it and that's okay like it it's not that it's wrong or bad it's just things fluctuate and are still wonderful
1: cool well do you guys have anything else you want to add before we end this
0: uh no just, just thank you thanks for having me I appreciate it.
1: yeah and me too yeah it's been fun and it's been cool to hear you guys talk about the sport That's growing. Thank you so much for Justine. Thank you, um, Crows, for helping set this up. And thank you, Elise, for being my co-host. Next week, I have an all-new episode. It it is finally going to be my soccer episode where I talk to someone from Germany, England, and the United States about soccer slash football and LGBTQ involvement in the sport. Anyways, hope you all have a great week and see you next time.